on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. First, most important is encouragement. If they bring up new ideas or some like, you know, independent thinking, really encourage those um, and have a transparent conversation about, you know, why they ask those several questions and why they develop that idea, trying to kind of uh, being a partner and, you know, help them, let them to take initiative. Don't just push them to do things that they don't really enjoy. That and a whole lot more coming up. And welcome to the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. I'm Jill Hartsock. And I'm Jessica Mullen. And we're two experienced gifted teachers and your hosts. This podcast is a place for parents, educators, and students living the gifted adventure. In each episode, you'll hear stories, practical tips, and deep dive into relevant topics related to being gifted. So come along for another episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. Jessica, we have an amazing, strong woman today as our guest. She is well-educated. She actually got her PhD at The Ohio State. And we are just really excited about the areas she brought up in her conversation with us. Yeah, I'm so excited for her to guide and inform our listeners about how we can really nurture these girls and mentor them and how important mentorship is in building up girls all around at every age. And just even the specific benefits from having a mentor, from connecting in like a college class in her case to really being a lifelong friend. And that is really something that she has cultivated. She engaged in that relationship and it really got her to be an even stronger gifted girl or gifted woman. So let's listen to this remarkable lady. Today's guest is the Director of Environmental Safety and Sustainability at P&G. She is in the Global Product Stewardship Division. She is a mom of two gifted daughters and an avid runner and global traveler. Let's welcome Ping Sun. Welcome, Ping. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jessica, for having me. Yes, we are so excited to kind of hear about your journey growing up as a gifted girl. And let's start with you just growing up in China and going to school through 12th grade and how that was. And, you know, was there advanced classes, things like that? Okay, great. Um, I was actually, I went to school pretty early at a very early age. I was five when I went to first grade. Um, I was the youngest one in my class. It was not that great, to be honest, being the youngest one in your class. Um, and I started to show more interest on science and uh, um, mathematics and also, you know, um, other related, let's say, ge- uh, geology related class, maybe in high school. Um, that's how it gets me here. So would you tell us a little bit about the types of maybe science classes that you were able to take in China? Did they have, you know, the advanced classes that we know of today here in the United States? Or were they just 
one type of science class for everybody? It's, it's one type of class for everybody. Um, but I think the difference is they divided kids into different classes. For example, I'm in those kind of advanced classes. Um, everyone in that class is maybe you consider gifted or at least do well in their uh, academic life. Um, and then, you know, that's how things, but they teach the same thing. So when you are divided in those higher level, medium level, lower level, is that right? Yes. Were you one of the only girls in your classes? I was not the only girls. I was maybe a few girls, you know, um, I would say in, in average, we have a class about um, 40 to 50 kids. It's much larger, the size, compared to here. Um, but the girls probably be like, let's say, 10 to 20. So it's definitely lower numbered with boys. But I think most of us doing fine. Now, were you aware of yourself being one of a few girls out of 40, like, how did that make you feel? No, I was not that um, sensitive back then. You know, it was just like, goes through, you know, I kind of, um, I'm a person very task oriented. I got the, you know, class I need to take. I would just go through that. Um, I was not that sensitive about this topic until my um, graduate school in China. So I have, I had my bachelor's degree in um, chemical engineering. In that class, in total, it's about 33 people, only six girls. We, I was one of the six, totally outnumbered by boys. Um, I remember one time we took a class together, and the teacher even commented, like, you know, girls need help. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, I can help them, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the first time I realized, man, we're, there's a different um, proportion in the, in the class. When I was in graduate school, I actually heard one time my advisor, um, he didn't provide the feedback directly. He was just saying, I hope I had a boy in my, in my, you know, um, in my lab that can do some kind of physical work. Um, I was a little bit, let's say, ticked off because I was like, I have, a, I have a, you know, smart brain. I'm not that strong physically, but I'm strong mentally. Right? You know, why you need a person who's strong physically to deal with all those complicated science research. Right. That's, yeah, that was my, um, my takeaway back then. Yeah. So throughout those kind of digs by your professors and teachers, did that kind of make you push forward? Or did you feel like um, you had to hide? Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm... I'm suppress a, your talent. Yeah, suppress. Think, yeah. For me, is I actually, uh, for people who know me, I have a personality because my name is Ping. Some people call I'm very persistent. <laughs> so I never give up. That is just me, you know. So when they say that I can be, why why not? I'm not, I'm not a boy, I can do this and that. And always, I always want to prove that I can do better than them. You know, that's, that's me. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, it could have impact on other girls. But I just want to share that with anyone, you know, who goes and listen to this is really, you know, the power is with you. So how do you feel like you got that toughness? Where did you, where did you get that toughness from? Was someone behind you encouraging you? Did your, were you raised that way? Like, where do you think you discovered that? I think it's a, it's, it's a mix. It's not just because 
someone, and my, my parents are always encouraged me like to be myself, right? They, they would just say that you are, you are you, you know, you're unique. Um, so don't compare with others. Um, they just want me to, to be happy. That's, that's them. And also I, I actually, uh, grew up in a, um, in a very, you know, military base. I see people who have a very disciplined and then the toughness probably I have witnessed, I have observed that through a uh, meeting with other folks. That's all about it. Um, I think it's, it's not just one that fits all, but I really want to encourage girls who are listening to this is really, you can do it. Do you think that your childhood and your upbringing with more discipline would have happened from your parents, regardless if you were a boy or a girl? Yeah, that's a great question. I never thought about that. It's, but, you know, I think also different people have different personality. Um, my sister is not that, it doesn't have the same personality as me. And she's not in a science and engineering major either. Um, so I think it's, it's very unique. Um, I don't think that's my story will fit for all, all of folks. Right. It just was a lot of layers. The personality, maybe being a firstborn, um, your name. <laughs> Yeah, my name. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. So going back to your college years, did you feel like you um, ever had these ideas that, you know, you were aware of the women issue or stereotypes against women? Or did you just keep kind of plugging along like you had referred to your experience in high school? Um, did you ever feel like um, I'm going to show them or how, kind of how was your mindset after you were um, overcoming what you were dealing with, with individual professors? I, I think, you know, I, it's, it's definitely not openly talk about boys, girls in China. You know, today I don't know the, 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 the situation, but back then no one really brought up like you're a female, like, you know, I have this advantage. It's everything is very subtle. Just be honest. Hmm. Um, so I think what I did is I don't. I try to kind of stay focused. Doesn't matter. They're talking about boys and girls. I just want to be the best of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably helped me to kind of not think about you know it's any advantage or disadvantage. You know what I can achieve. The the, the power you know in my hand that I can control. Um, that I would do it for the things that really out of my control. It, how I can worry about it. If I worry about too much, it's really nothing, not much I can do. It's, I'm nothing, nothing I can do, but at least not much I can do, right? But mm-hmm. really focus on the things you can control and be your best, be the best of you, yourself. So I know you went to university in China and in the U.S. Do you feel like there was a big difference in the two as far as like... Oh. You were a female, but then coming to the U.S., you now had two minorities. You were Chinese and you were a female. Um, yeah, definitely a huge difference. And um, um, in China, when we take class, this is the style is different. Most of the time, they're more like a lecture. Not many questions will be asked. You know, like you actually will be um, questioned if you challenge your professor. But here... The first thing I learned when I met with my uh, my uh, PhD advisor, and her her name is uh, Dr. Linda Weavers. She's at uh, the Ohio State University. She's my um, my best friend and also my best mentor. And she oh, wow. helped 
helped helped me a lot. You know, really gave me a huge encouragement to go through this um, this like science engineering degree. Um, she, um, I remember I shared with her the story about my master's degree professor was hoping that I was a boy, yeah. <laughs> that I can do something physically. And then um, she looked at me, she was like, I love the smartness of you. You can help me to solve the problem. If I need someone like can do things physically, I can hire a, a handyman or something <laughs> like that. That was just like drive me, uh, it was just like made me laugh. Okay. Um, but she is my advocate and she also um, helped, you know, kind of show me the culture difference, encourage me to um, to think in more independently, brought up my own research idea. She also um, helped me to kind of integrate with um, the Women in Engineering program in at Ohio State. And I was actually volunteered as a graduate student to help with, um, I think it was like seventh or eighth maybe sixth or seventh grade girls, um, she offered a camp for, um, for yeah, I believe it's sixth grade kids to go to Ohio State campus to learn different, you know, science engineering um, subjects. And I was as a, a student volunteer back then. So hmm. she did all those things, really amazing things to help me go through my PhD. And then um, even today we keep contact and uh, I share with, with her about my you know, my, my, um, like my job, all the things that I work, I'm working on, the things I'm proud of and things I'm uh, frustrated sometimes. So she's a really my, my biggest advocate and then, and the helper and the mentor during this whole life process. Yeah. Oh, we love the topic of mentors. So let's stop for just a second and kind of just dissect or dive deeper about your mentor, it sounds like she's got a lot of skills and characteristics that really affected you. And so I'm just going to let you kind of talk about that importance and maybe identify some skills and then identify some characteristics that she has that really helped shape you and get you to where you are today and what it might be like without her. Yeah, I think first thing is as a mentor, mentor and mentee relationship. You know, you first need really need to to build the trust because I can I can see that she's doing things for me, or she's like um, um, also support me. Um, you know, no matter it's like technically or you know personally. You know, she's really um, my big sister. Because she's, she's still young, so I, I can't say she's a mom figure, but she's my big sister when I started. Um, I think that's that really helps when um, the trust is built. And also, um, you know, understand the difference. Understand the different personality. You can be, you know, like exactly the same, but realize that um, she's here to help. And then, you know, you are uh, It's just another thing is take those feedback. Sometimes they're not, uh, let's say, uh, sugar-coated, right? <laughs> and they're very, very, you know, it may hurt a feeling at the beginning. But think about it. If people gave you those feedback, meaning they really care about you. Care, care about you. So I think, you know, you as a, as a mentee, you need to think through this. Don't feel being offended. Um, but again, build the trust will be the first thing. And then be open-minded, you know, are willing to grow. I think those are the two key things I want to share uh, with you guys about um, uh, mentor hmm. and mentee. Um, the third thing is for the 
you don't you you will have many mentors in your life. Um, it's and different people will bring different um, let's say uh, different things for you. And someone may may coach you through the life. Someone may coach you through the work. And just think about you. You need multiple mentors, not just one person, one size fits all. So. <laughs> As, as we're talking about these mentors, I know Jill has a daughter. I have two daughters. You have two amazing, strong daughters. So how can we, you know, continue that mentorship with our own daughters and make sure that they become the strong, smart girls that we want them to be? One thing I think first, most important is encouragement. If they bring up new ideas or some like, you know, independent thinking, really encourage those um, and have a transparent conversation about, you know, why they ask those type of questions and why they develop that idea, trying to kind of uh, being a partner and, you know, help them instead of saying, um, no, that will not work. I, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but I, I think sometimes, you know, we, we really need to think about how to encourage them and what's the best way to uh, have, a, have a good conversation to let them to take initiative. Don't just push them to do things that they don't really enjoy. We love taking the initiative. We actually teach our third graders about that word, and we really practice it almost every day. So, Ping, tell us how you took the initiative. And I'm kind of thinking all the way back when you were in college in China. Like, how did you give us some examples of how you took the initiative to kind of get where you are today? Um, one thing is, I think, come to U.S. Um, I never thought about when I was in college. Hmm. I was thinking about graduate college, you know, find a job in China and just stay there. And then when I was in graduate school, and somehow a friend was telling me that he's planning to take a, take a GRE test, um, which is an English test for go to graduate school. And that's, you know, for me, English is my second language. Um, right. It, yeah, it, it was very difficult. But I think, you know, the thing is, once you know that U.S. has offered, has a lot of good universities and really the higher education um, here is a higher standard. Um, I was thinking about what's best for me. And I, I actually had a conversation with my parents, um, told them that I'm interested to get my Ph.D. from U.S. or another country. And I remember my mom told me that they are supportive, but financially they couldn't afford it. And I said, I, I totally understand. If I go to United States or another country for my PhD, I need to have a scholarship That's mm. all, that to support myself. And otherwise, I'm not going to ask my parents to pay for all the, all the related costs. Yeah. So what I need to do is really kind of work hard and get a test done, get a good score, um, you know, get a scholarship. Otherwise, I just, it's no chance for me to come to a different country, to go to a different country. Um, I think that's kind of like leads me to what I need to, to do. Um, I think another thing I learned now, if I reflect it back, is um, I learned those um, highly effective, the seven habits for highly effective people. No one told me when I was, no one told me about that when I was in China. But now if I reflect it back, is you really need to have the end in mind. What do we want to achieve? Yeah. And then come up with a plan, right? 
So I think back then I I know I want to come to a different I want to go to a different country for my PhD. So I need to come up with a plan. How can I get there? It just like happened naturally、um, back then. But I was I was so proud that I was able to get a full scholarship from、uh, OSU, and then that brought me here. So talk a little bit about、um, P and G. So what is it like working as a female with this large, strong company? Oh, <laughs>、uh, I hope I will not see something that my company doesn't like. But anyway, so <laughs> cut this part. Cut this part down. Okay.、Um, yeah, I mean, actually, P and G is a great place to work for for females,、um, particularly for a working mom. When I started, my daughter Iris was six months. When I started with P and G, my daughter was six months. And then I had Helena when I was with PNG for four years, and then I see my career growth in PNG. Actually, I got a lot of you know support and encouragement from my management line, and also from my、um, my friends and colleagues through different functions.、Um, they gave a lot of flexibility、um, for a working mom. They also you know、uh, very considerate about the、um, uh, the deliverables and also the、uh, you know. The, Most important, the work-life balance. They encourage you to think through and to 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 take care of your family first. That's just a great place to work. That is really great to hear.、Um, what do you think makes P and G promote working moms or just women in general? I think for that one is because I I personally don't see a huge difference here. Like they pr- promote women or men. I think it's really result driven. Um, if I do good work, you know, I deliver the project. I made my, you know, organization proud.、Um, it will come eventually, right? But I think one thing is the difference between male and female is we need to learn how to brag ourselves in a nice way, <laughs> in a more,、um, in a better way to get get the message crossed. Because sometimes we are we are so modest, we don't brag ourselves. We did good job, and then you know we we just. Cannot be shy to speak that in the public or to tell other people that you you have done a fantastic job, right? Yes.、Um, but for for the you know some male coworkers, I noticed that they're just like openly talk about this.、Um, so I think for the females, we just need to learn、um, how to better deliver the message and be proud of ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that is a perfect statement to end on. We need to toot our own horn as females. We really, we really do. It's a, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you too. Well, thank you, Ping, and we look forward to diving deeper into this topic of mentors and just how we promote ourselves as women and finding workplaces that promote the different roles that we play, like being a mom and working and. Still being able to do all of those things well, so I'm so glad that you spent your time today with us. Thank you, my pleasure. Wow, Jill, that was incredible. Ping is one amazing, inspiring, strong woman who has definitely taken the initiative in life and her education, and just run with it. Absolutely, I think there's so much that any female or just human being 
could take away from her conversation today. I think she's done a wonderful job showing what perseverance is like, um, setting goals, and pushing herself to think about different ideas in her life that really took her over here to the United States from China. And I think just going after those harder classes and really not stopping to think too much about girls versus boys and what girls can do versus boys. She just went for it because she was driven. She was determined. And that has gotten her to where she is today, working as a director at PNG. Yeah. And I think it's so important, the lesson that she talked about how you really do need to stop and be proud of your moments and kind of toot your own horn and make a big deal out of the accomplishments that you've you've had in life and how important that is to your future successes as well. In a humble, nice way, as she says. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great talking with her in this series that we have been uh, navigating the hot topic of gifted girls. What we do is we come up with a bunch of different things, like good stuff like math, reading, and Welcome to the segment Student Voices, where we are passing them the mic to share about their gifted adventures. Hi, my name is Alyssa, and when I grow up, I want to be a teacher, a scientist, or a president. I want to be a teacher because I want to teach students a lot of cool things and stuff. I want to be a scientist because I want to make cool stuff and I already have one in my mind, the time machine. And I want to be the president so I'm at Laws, so everybody in the United States has fun. When I grow up, I want to be a scientist or an engineer. I want to be an engineer because I get to make cool inventions. And I want to be a scientist because it, it sounds really interesting. Hi, my name is Eliza, and when I grow up, I want to be a teacher because I like to teach students, and it will be really fun for me. When I grow up, I want to be an artist because I really like painting. When I grow up, I want to be a scientist because when I read the book, I, Who is Jane Goodall? I got inspired by that book and I wanted to study other animals like her. When I grow up, I want to be a neurosurgeon or a veterinarian because I love saving people and creatures. What inspired me to be a neurosurgeon is my aunt who goes to the hospital every day to save many people. What made me want to be a veterinarian is my mom because she told me I'm a fearless animal handler. I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up, but I do know that I'm able to adapt pretty quickly to things, so I know that I can be anything that I want to be. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another Adventures in Being Gifted episode. Please make sure you subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. 
Join us again next time for more adventures and being gifted. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at being gifted pod and join us again next time for more adventures and being gifted. <laughs>